today is a brand new day. And you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Friends, welcome to the world of miracles. Hey there, superhumans. Welcome to the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode one. And to kick it off, I hope that you liked the intro to this podcast. I mean, how could you not? It's amazing. Because today, I'm actually going to be introducing you to the voice of the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. His name is Peter A. Anglin. And besides having the most incredible voice in the known galaxy, Peter is the director and founder of Magnificent Momentum a digital marketing consultancy and coaching business. And of course, he's one of our five-star coaches at Superhuman Academy and the author of a chapter of the Superhuman Playbook. His chapter is titled Building Unstoppable Success Momentum. So I am super excited to dig into the contents of that and also to hear more of his story, which he will be sharing with us because there's so much to learn from it. It's a really cool story. So without further ado, Peter A. Anglin. Peter, it's great to have you on. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Colin. Thank you. Back again. Back again, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just gave a glowing introduction, of course, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure, sure. I'm over here in in the UK, as uh, I'm sure the listeners can can pick up through the way I'm speaking. I'm with um, a partner of mine, a lady by the name of Jackie. We've been together for almost 20 years now so next may that'll be 20 years we have two kids um ellis and kira ellis is 15 and kira is 11 and um in terms of siblings myself i have an older brother chris who's um about nine years older than me so you know that's like my immediate family when i was uh, when i was born my real dad he passed away when i was um about 11 months old and um he was from trinidad originally but uh, something happened uh, and, uh, you know, let's just say that he died under uh, mysterious circumstances. So, you know, that was a, an interesting opener uh, to my life for sure. But, you know, life goes on and, um, you know, mum got remarried. So I've actually got a different surname uh, to my brother. So my surname is Anglin, but my brother's name is Duncan. Mm. Um, and, and interestingly, you know, I looked at my name as was and as is now through numerology it actually kind of reduced to the same numbers no matter what my name was so you know for those of you who follow numerology you know it's basically about representing letters as numbers and then the numbers that you come up with you know have specific uh, meanings behind them so even though i've changed my name i'm still clearly on the same path or i'm meant to be on the same path so uh, that's an interesting you know little aside you know going back to my early years school life was you know, fairly straightforward, uh, to be fair. I went to university. I studied uh, applied chemistry. I went over to France to do a bit of my degree as well. I was living over there for a few months. It should have been a year, but it didn't quite turn out to be that long. But nonetheless, it was um, an interesting experience, for sure. Culturally, it was very, very different. Um, where we were was in a place called Béthune, which is up in northern France, not too far from Lille. 
at the weekends, most of the students actually go home, you know, to their parents' house. So I was there with um, a friend of mine from London and there were a few other people there from Egypt and Tunisia and places you know, around North Africa. And through spending time with those guys at the weekend and um, playing basketball and stuff, that's how, you know, my French certainly escalated and uh, improved to such a degree that on the way back, I had to um, buy a ticket. And the lady behind the counter said, oh, yeah, there are two rates. There's one for French nationals and, uh, you know, one for uh, visitors. She said, um, you are French, aren't you? I said, no, we know what it's just for Anglais. And uh, <laughs> although with a much better accent then. Um, but yeah, that was great. I came back to the UK, finished off, off the university course. Yeah, like, you know, many other people yeah, of my generation, it was right, okay, so, you know, what now? You know, for the first year, I think I actually worked in McDonald's full time and uh, became a floor manager there. And after about a year, I thought, yeah, I, I need to kind of do something else. So, you know, for the next 10 or so years, I was kind of drifting in and out of careers. You know, whilst that was going on, there was, you know, a background process that was happening, which was that, you know, I was becoming more aware of, of who I was and, you know, what my attributes were. It was becoming clearer and clearer that I had like a natural talent for connecting with people, uh, for communicating, for listening and being empathic, and also for being analytical. I kind of found that out actually when I did a psychographical test, I think it's called. Um, so a similar thing to, to Myers-Briggs, but this one was called a DISC profile. Oh, yeah. And I took that and um, yeah, it, it came back that I was, you know, a, a high C and C means basically analytical. So that was like a, you know, a, a big insight there. But I also found out that I had a, an entrepreneurial streak within me. I've always been creative. I've always been into music. I used to play the saxophone and um, the clarinet. I spent time making music and, um, you know, I wanted to, to become a producer. And uh, so I made some tunes and stuff and uh, was very much into the, uh, into the house music scene, but uh, didn't quite make it. Uh, but nonetheless, that was an interesting uh, foray. Going through this, um, this kind of time of, of, of drifting, yeah, it, it was quite a time of self-discovery at the same time. So that was pretty cool. So, you know, kind of fast forward and I'd spent roughly, you know, 10 or so years you know, within the media industry doing various things. And when I left that, I became self-employed and uh, I ended up running a business for a celebrity over here with who was over here in the UK, Scylla Black. And so Scylla used to be a, a singer back in the 60s. She used to kick around with the Beatles and um, kind of popular people and bands in the 60s. And then she came away from that scene and then moved into TV. And she basically put together a series of shows. And one was called Blind Date, uh, which was about relationships. And you may have had like a similar thing in the US, right? So three people come on and they, you know, three guys come on and they, they sit on the stool. There's a barrier. And then there's a girl on the other side and then the girl asks the questions and they, all, and they all answer the questions, you know, one by one. And then the next half of the show is three girls and a guy. Long story short, she was known for her program to do with relationships. There was another kind of odd aspect that got rolled into this startup and it was to do with psychic readings. Basically, I, I used to work for a company that used to provide a number of different telephone services for newspapers to promote. And some of those services were psychic services. So people would phone up and, you know, you know, can you tell me what's going to happen in my life? So forth and so on. And the owner of one of the companies that provided those telephone services just happened to be in France uh, having lunch. And 
at the lunch table was was Scylla Black. They got started, you know, they, they started to talk. And it turns out that Scylla was really into, um, you know, the afterlife because she recently lost her husband, right? So they had this idea, which was, oh, okay, let's create like a, a the new company that amalgamates your social position of being someone who's into relationships through the TV show that you're doing. And let's amalgamate that with psychic readings. The company Destiny Calls was born, as the Destiny Calls. Yeah, so I ended up, you know, being the general manager and running that startup for her and her son for just over a year. So that was a really uh, interesting kind of... <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it was. I mean, not, not least because of the concept, right? <laughs> but also because, you know, when I first met her son, that was in a kind of like a private members club up in London. You know, the conversation was literally a five-minute conversation. It was, you know, hi, I'm Robert. Hi, Robert. I'm Pete. You know, this is Gordon, the other guy involved in the, in the funding. So, um, you know, Robert said to me, okay, yeah, Pete, I've heard some good things about you. You know, what do you think, you know, is this going to happen with the business? I said, oh, yeah. Da, 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 da. He said, okay, yeah, great. I said, right, well, I'm going to leave now. I'm off to Canada for six weeks. So, um, you know, I want this business set up in six weeks time when I come back I said yeah sure no problem Robert obviously the challenge being that you know there was no company you know there was no website there was, there was no structure there was no plan there was no magazine there was no nothing my Christmas and new year was really spent just trying to formulate how to get this bloody company off the ground you know how to design and put together a website and um, plan out the magazine and everything like that I've got to say you know I did it so, you know, I got kids off, a, you know, kids off a company within six weeks and, you know, literally from a standing start. That was, you know, Destiny Calls and um, that kind of lasted for about a year. And then unfortunately, you know, like a lot of startups, it, it kind of went to the wall. But during that time, you know, I began to get an appetite for digital marketing. I began to teach myself internet marketing. I started to build websites. And, you know, for me, that was a big, big thing because, Technically, that, that, that's not who I am. I've always been a very kind of like a, a thinker, a creative kind of guy. And when I had to start to, you know, to, to put code together, it was a whole different ball game. But what I certainly found out about myself was that I was extremely tenacious. So, you know, internet marketing, as you probably know, you know yourself, Colin, when you're working on websites, a lot of things go wrong. And there's often no logical explanation as to why that's happening. Many a man and woman would be tempted just to kind of walk away, but I've certainly got an aspect to me that, that means I'm very, very tenacious and I'll always find out what the solution to the problem is in the end. So um, that was, you know, another part of um, the self-discovery process. Alongside the internet marketing stuff, I was also looking at coaching. So I did some study in coaching, uh, live coaching and performance coaching. I also did some NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And so I got some qualifications there and started to do that side of stuff as well. Now, so whilst all that was going on, the internet marketing, uh, I began to sell stuff online. I was doing some of the, the coaching. The UK went through a recession. We personally suffered, as in, you know, me and the missus and the family suffered um, a, a big, big financial interruption. You know, I had to kind of stop the... Um, you know, the uh, developing lifestyle of an entrepreneur and then go back into full-time employment in order to get some stability and, uh, you know, regularity of income and you know, make sure that uh, our son was looked after. So I ended up making a career out of digital marketing. I worked for a series of digital marketing agencies as uh, an SEO specialist of search engine optimization. And for those that don't know, SEO is really about the, the process that you go through to allow websites to be found for certain search terms. 
uh, in order for them to you know, more easily promote their, their goods and services. And that's really what I still do today as a big part of what I do. Although now I'm no longer working for somebody else. I've now got my own company started now. That's um, Magnificent Momentum. So we do you know, three core things. We do digital marketing. Uh, we do business growth mentoring. And we also do coaching. And of course, some of that coaching is also done through the Superhuman Academy, where you know, I work alongside your good self and the, the other coaches. What drives me to help other people is, you know, I like to see other people grow. And so this is really what is, you know, this is what the coaching is all about. And I also am you know, very keen to use my digital marketing skills to, to help businesses whose products and services can directly impact their customers in some positive way. So you know, more and more what I'm now doing is working with companies like, you know, alternative and complementary health companies. CAM, I think you call them for short, C-A-M. So that's really where I'm, I'm at at the moment. And yeah, that's a, a brief bit of my background. <laughs> I'm really glad you shared all that because I think, especially nowadays, entrepreneurship is, is kind of this sexy thing. Like everybody and their mother wants to be an entrepreneur. <clears throat> I think a big reason for that is because when you see a, an entrepreneur, in order for you to even see them in the first place, it means they've had some degree of success. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's really the the perception is that entrepreneurs, you know, to be an entrepreneur is to be successful, to be famous in, in some respect. There are plenty of books out there to tell you, you know, how to try to shortcut the process. The whole thing with entrepreneurship is, you know, you don't submit a resume to be an entrepreneur. You don't apply for the job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a long winding, unique road for everybody. And it's, mm. it's totally different. And I think that journey gets obscured by, you know, the lights and the fanfare and the show and, you know, the entrepreneurs that are successful, you know, you see, you see the success. You don't always see the long winding road that it took to get there. The title of your book chapter is Building Unstoppable Success Momentum. And I really like that you chose that title because what you didn't say is, here's the exact path to be successful. <laughs> You're giving yeah, people totally. tools, however they define success. Yeah. So uh, how do you define success? Uh, there's kind of a trick question there. And uh, success momentum. Yeah. The first part of the answer is, yeah, you know, to your earlier uh, response, what I define success isn't really the issue. It's all about, you know, what the reader is thinking means success to them. The real issue is what's the methodology that I need to go through in order to realize that success, you know, whatever it is. And so this is where people tend to come unstuck. It's, there's no clear path. And of course, you know, there are multiple paths to take, but, you know, they haven't focused on one or found one that they can follow step by step in order to kind of get from where they are to where they want to be. So the whole idea of the chapter was, okay, well, let me look at what I've managed to craft through my own life in terms of a process. You know, I'm still refining that process, don't get me wrong, but um, I've, I've certainly got to a stage where I've settled on a four-step aspect uh, or process or method rather, that seems to work pretty well. So this is what I'm putting forward in the chapter. It's like, you know, this is what I tend to use. And if you want to follow that, then fantastic, because it does work. In terms of defining what success actually is as far as I'm concerned, I will boil it down to saying that it's really about setting both your heart and your mind on achieving, you know, a progressive goal that's positive in nature. As you are going through to achieving that goal, you are becoming aware of how you're transforming as a person through that journey. It's using both aspects of yourself, i.e. both the intellect 
and the heart to ensure that what you come out with in terms of the goal that you're going after drives you forward and just make sure that you are aware of, you know, the caterpillar to kind of butterfly transformation that is going on as you're going through that path. So that's really what it's about for me. Yeah. And in terms of the actual momentum, success momentum, ultimately what it boils down to is that it's really about you're creating a forward momentum that is, is you following a course of action uh, or set of action that leads you towards the outcome that you want and takes you away from those things that are distracting, that are wasting your time, wasting your effort and you know defocusing your attention. So in other words, anything that is not taking you forward to where you want to go, that other stuff is just you, know, you treading water, it's just wasting time. Yes, we, we all do it. Uh, you know, it happens to the best of us, but you know, let's be honest with ourselves, that is not success momentum. That's just momentum that's been generated just through the fact that you're doing stuff, right? <laughs> so, but you know, it needs to be a focused direction and take you forward towards where you want to go. So that's really the definition. I love that. So one of the things that you talk about in your chapter is smart goals. And I, I like how you approach this because a lot of times I think when we talk goal setting, it's really, all right, make smart goals, you know, it needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, time-based. You throw that at them and it's good to go. But I like what you did. You said, okay, here's the smart framework, which is great. It's a great place to start, but there's actually a lot more to it. And there are a lot of ways that people fail, even if they set smart goals. And so you actually listed the 11 main reasons and there are 11 main obstacles uh, that people face when they set SMART goals and fail to achieve them. And you outline how to overcome those challenges. So I won't have you go through all 11 here because that might sure. take us a couple hours. But uh, if you could just pick out maybe the top three that are preventing people from achieving their SMART goals, what would those be? Yeah, let's, let's go for the top three. So I think the first one is it's really about being true to yourself. Often when we stop to look we're realizing that what we're going after is not actually a goal that we want for ourselves. It's a goal that we're trying to execute and achieve for somebody else. So we need to make sure that we're going after our own goals and not the goals of our parents, our friends, our peers, and so forth and so on. And that's much more common than the people may realize. You know, the solution here is before you are going to invest your time and effort, your, your blood, sweat, and tears in going after what you think you want, you know, stop and ask yourself the question, what do I really want here? And why am I pursuing this? That's certainly a key thing. I think another thing is that you need to be consistent without a doubt. If you are not continually applying yourself and continually taking the steps that you need to take with the right degree of enthusiasm and the right degree of intensity, you are more than likely not going to achieve what you want to achieve. Yes, there may be a time where you can be kind of on and off and very, very stop and start and still, you know, end up achieving what you want to achieve. But you know, nine times out of 10, you're going to require yourself to apply yourself fully, apply yourself consistently and make sure that you are doing everything that you need to do day in, day out, day in, day out. So you need to keep going. This is the key thing. The third one on that list is, make sure that what it is that you're going after is, is, is clearly defined and not loosely defined. You know, you want to make sure that you've got granular detail in terms of what it is that you're going after so that they can know, you know, it, it's unequivocal. You know, I know exactly what it is that that's, that's uh, on the list. You could give that to somebody else and they would understand it to the exact same degree. So, you know, this is really about the, uh, the core of the smart goal principle. Yeah. Don't be too diffuse. Be, laser focused on what it is you're going after 
Yeah, I really like how you articulated that, that you would set up the goal so specifically that you could give that to somebody else and they would know what to do yeah. as well. I think that's, I think that's really good because people write things and they say, well, I, I, I get it, but then they try to talk about it to somebody else. And it's, it's clear that it's a pretty nebulous goal. As soon as you try to actually yeah. explain, it, it's kind of like the finding <laughs> technique. As soon as you try to explain it to somebody else, who's yeah. not in your shoes, all of a sudden you realize, Oh, maybe I, <laughs> maybe yeah. I didn't actually know it as well as I thought I did. As I thought I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's great. But you know, actually, yeah, the fireman technique is, is a fantastic example there. I mean, that's, that's a four step method, right? I've been pretty sure that I've known something, you know, I've got it down. And yeah, when I've gone to um, relay that to, you know, my, my son and my daughter, because, you know, they're obviously much younger than me. And so the whole thing about the fireman technique is that you want to simplify something to such a degree that anybody can understand what you're talking about, really. Clearly, once I get the uh, the blank faces in return, you know, it, it means that I've not quite got it. So uh, yeah, you make a good point there. Yeah. That's great. So we always want to give our listeners a chance to take immediate and massive action on what they heard. So what would be your challenge to them today? I would like to challenge our listeners to you know, deliver a certain amount of random acts of kindness each day. Now, initially, the number that came into my head was 10. But, you know, I'm aware that we are now in this, you know, this climate of um, social distancing and lockdown. Da, 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 da. But so, you know, let's say five. So, you know, if the listeners are able to you know, deliver five random acts of kindness to five different people for the next five days, starting tomorrow, you know, and that could be in person, that could be electronically, that, that could be whatever. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be family, it could be strangers, um, doesn't make a difference. But just take a little bit of quiet time to, to kind of tune into yourself in order to think about or rather feel, you know, what these acts of kindness could be, jot them down and then start to go for it tomorrow. I guarantee you that if you do that and you do it consistently, something will change within you. You'll notice that at the end of that time period, you know, the person that you were before you started is not the person that you are now. You know, obviously if that, if you did it for longer, if you did it for 10 days, then you, you know, you'll notice um, a greater degree of transformation. But what will happen is that you'll start to uncover and start to realize aspects of, of your being that ultimately, you know, begin to, to hint at the level of positive power that you've got buried within you. You begin to understand that you've got so much ability to affect the thought processes, the feelings, and, you know, the, the actions of others. And so when you start to get that realization, you know, life begins to take on a, a different dimension, a different hue. You start to look at things in a different way because, you know, you begin to connect and understand that actually through me thinking about things in a certain way and doing things in a certain way, I can really have, you know, uh, a really positive outcome in my surroundings. Getting to that point of realization is, is, is fantastic. So I challenge the listeners to go through that process, evaluate how they are at the end of it and keep a journal of, you know, what you've done so you can have it uh, for a future reference. And uh, yeah, that'd be a good challenge, I think. And I'll pick your brain a little further here. I've had the benefit of, of hearing you speak and listening to your perspective more than the listeners. So I did, I've heard you speak before on something that you call uh, the domino effect. I think you also referred to it as resonance. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit about what that is? I think that would help shape the challenge a little bit more for the listeners. Yeah, 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 sure. So, you know, ultimately the whole kind of premise of, you know, setting goals and achieving stuff is helping us to move forward 
and closer to becoming the best versions of ourselves, right? So let me give you a quick um, yeah, example of, of the domino effect, right? Let's say we have a very simple scenario. You go into a store, you go into a shop, and you hold the door open for somebody. Now, you've had a good day. You've won some money on the lottery or whatever. And, um, you know, you open the door and you have a big smile on your face and genuinely you're happy to open the door for somebody. If you are the person who has had the door opened for them and you've seen the big smile and it's genuine, what is likely to happen as far as you're concerned when you come to leave the store? What is it that you're likely to do? That's a question for you, by the way. Do the same. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, you know, in other words just like a set of, of, of toppling dominoes. I do it to somebody, they do it to somebody else, they do it to somebody else, and so forth and so on. So what we're saying here is that as you basically undertake positive things, positive actions, there's a big power within that. If something happens to you in a genuine way that is positive, you are likely to want to pay that forward in the same way, shape, or form. Bearing that in mind, you know, I often think about the fact that from my point of view at least we're here on earth to you know ultimately evolve ourselves and in so doing we're here also to evolve humanity the reason why this whole goal setting process is is really important is that you know if you're making efforts to become the best version of yourself uh, and move yourself forward incrementally and incrementally and incrementally the additional positivity influence inspiration guidance and you know, leadership that you bring to the world as a result of you developing in that way. What you're going to find is that there's a lot of power behind that and that there's a lot of positive impact that you generate when people are on the receiving end of it. And when it's done in a genuine way, you know, those people can't help but be transformed in some way. What you find is that the people that you are reaching, that you are talking to, that you are delivering this new you to, they become aligned with what you're saying they become aligned with you know the values that you're putting forward and so because that's coming across in a genuine way they are likely to do the same for more and more people so they're resonating with where you're coming from they're taking it on board and then they will be compelled to do the same for other people that's really what it's about doing your duty as a human being to evolve yourself and then know that through your interactions with others those interactions are going to carry on through them doing it to other people and so forth and so on. So that's really about, you know, the kind of, you know, principle of domino effect and resonance. It's saying the same thing, but it's two slightly different ways. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important because it's incredibly easy to underestimate the impact that a single person can have. And, you know, in a vacuum, perhaps somebody can't do very much, but we don't live in a vacuum. Even in this time of quarantine, you have the opportunity to impact all those around you. And if you think about it just in terms of maybe you only make a positive difference in the life of one person for a day, but that's going to affect their actions, which will affect everybody that they impact. And I think thinking of it in that way is just so much more inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it it's more motivating to think, man, you know what, maybe, you know, I don't feel that great today, mm-hmm. but maybe if I can have a, a genuine interaction and a positive impact on somebody, I can change the lives of, you know, potentially hundreds of people just, just from that. And that's like, wow, that's, you know, that's a big responsibility, but that's also, that's really cool that I have that power. Totally. And, and, and obviously, yeah, you know, it works in reverse, right? In that, if you do something negative, right, it has exactly. the same effect, right? <laughs> right. And um, so, you know, was, was it um, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, right? But, you know, the thing is also, 
you also never know who you're talking to or who you're interacting with, right? That that random person who you you know took the time to to speak with, you know, you don't know who they are. You don't know what's going to happen in their lives. I mean, I'll give you a quick example. I was watching a video on YouTube, just one of those random videos that just happens to come across your line of vision. You know, it was about a pizza guy. You may have seen it, right? The pizza guy turns up to this house. He rings on the doorbell and said, you know, hi, madam, hi, sir, you know, here's your pizza. As he was about to walk away, the, the daughter, I think it is, comes out of the house. He's about three years old and gives the guy a hug. Now, it turns out, I'm, I'm not sure how, how they found this out. I think maybe the guy came back later. The pizza guy came back later. But it turns out that he was looking to end his life. And after that pizza delivery, or shortly after, he was thinking about going and taking his bike and you know, riding to a cliff and ending it all. Literally, what saved his life was the girl, the young kid, coming out of the house and giving him a hug, a random act of kindness, right? That one act, she didn't know who he was, but that saved his life. And consequently, he's now interacting with other people in you know positive ways or whatever it is. So, yeah, we never know what the outcome of our actions is going to be. We never know. You know, I think that's a, you know, a lovely encapsulation of, um, of what I'm trying to say. I love that. No, so just to re-articulate the challenge, it was have a positive impact or five random acts of kindness, five different people yeah. for, is it five days? Is that what you said? Yeah. I mean, let's start with five days. Ideally, okay. if we could do 10. Then <laughs> Forever. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, five yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Maybe an extra incentive if needed. For those of you who do take on that challenge, I encourage all of you to. I certainly will, and I'll post my results. But for those of you who do, uh, yeah, be sure to reach out. Let us know how it goes. Uh, That can be via video recording. You can just write it up. Maybe if you save your journal entries from the experience you have, you could send those our way or an audio recording, anything like that. We would love to, if you're comfortable with it, feature that on our website and amplify those random acts of kindness, inspire others to do the same uh, and uh, help you to reach your goals in the process as well. So I'll, I'll send a link or I'll put a link in the show notes so you can know where to send that. But in terms of finding you and your content, Peter, uh, where should our listeners go? The best place at the moment is to go to the, the website. That's www.magnificentmomentum.com. That's uh, all one word. Go over there and, you know, you'll see the, um, the outline of the services that, that we currently provide. The site's fairly new still. I, I've had to go through like a, a rebuilding process. Yeah, you'll find some great stuff on there. And also there'll be another sister site coming that is kind of highlighting some other type of coaching that we're going to be starting to do. That's based around a system called the Energy Codes. And that's more of a spiritual bent in terms of, you know, how to approach achieving what it is that you want to achieve in life. We're going to get to a stage whereby we kind of fuse traditional success coaching with a more spiritual angle in order to put the two together. And, um, you know, that's going to be a really powerful thing. So that's something to look out for in the, in the near future. But for now, yeah, go to magnificentmomentum.com and um, check out all the good stuff that's there. Awesome. Well, I will include that along with your Superhuman Academy coaching links and everything like that in the show notes so people can find you. And of course, check out Peter's chapter in the Superhuman Playbook that's uh, Building Unstoppable Success Momentum, which is something I think we could all benefit from. So Peter, thank you so much for being on today. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to continuing to chat and work together. Yeah, thank you, Colin. If I may, I'll just kind of add one thing in there very quickly. 
the challenge is great. But just as a reminder that you know, everybody who's, who's, who's listening to this podcast now and, and who will in the future, that buried within inside you, buried deep within inside you, is the fact that you've got more to bring out and to deliver to the world. Let's not fall into the trap of underestimating what it is that we feel that we could do in our lifetime. You know, we often get beaten down by a society. We're conditioned by, you know, friends and family. And often our outlook is, is quite narrow, it's quite myopic. Our expectation and belief around what we can actually do is nowhere near really what we can do. Yes, there'll be obstacles put in our, in our, in our way. We're going through some now. You know, we're going through pretty unprecedented times, right? But even through these times of adversity, there are ways to reframe what's happening there are opportunities to be created uh, through thinking more creatively in the view of what you're faced with when obstacles present themselves it behooves us to figure out a way to get over them so that we can move further on the path of our development and get one step closer to really being the great people that we are so we've all got greatness buried within us you know that greatness will come out in you know a variety of shapes and forms you know the journey of that self-discovery that realization you know, the time to start that journey is now. So that's really the last thing I'd like to say. Great note to end on.